Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Fox Nomad Podcast. I'm your host, Fox Nomad, Arnold Pollard. Welcome to this 55th episode of the podcast. I had to look that up. I can't believe it's been 55 episodes. Thank you so much for joining me. I've got a lot to talk about today. It's pretty interesting. We're going to talk a lot about COVID mandates and vaccines and the airlines. There's a lot. There's a rabbit hole, and we are going to go down to into that rabbit hole. This sounds kind of weird, but we're going to explore what's going on when it comes to vaccines and pilots and passengers. And then I want to talk about a scary situation on a flight, but not scary for the person you might think it's scary for. And finally, I want to wrap this up with some good news, talking about India and Pakistan. Two countries, when heard together, you don't usually think about good news, but you know, I've got some good news and a little bit of a behind the scenes look at one of my last videos that just came out. So let's start off and let's talk about what's going on. A couple of real quick items. It's the tech season. We are firmly in the tech season right now. A lot of good deals. I'm seeing discounts on products that I hadn't seen before. In other words, the discounts this year are a lot steeper on a lot of stuff. Um, you want earbuds? Bose just put out their earbuds at like 30% off. They're under $200 for the next day. So if you're listening to this on Friday when the, the podcast goes out, check out that deal. It's at tails.foxnomad.com if you want to check that out. We've also got rumors of the new MacBook Pro coming out with the M1X chip. We've got iPhone 13s coming out. Got reviews, got hands-on, all of these things coming out. So it's an exciting time. Travel seems to be returning slowly, but surely we're maybe not going to the far corners of the earth yet, but we're, we're sort of uh, slowly exploring and getting out there more. And, and Captain Kirk, William Shatner, 90 years old, just went into low earth orbit. It's not space, but it's low earth orbit, pretty close. I don't, I, you know, Jeff Bezos is still like a creepy robot to me, but I, I, I got to say, he sent Captain Kirk up in a rocket ship. That was pretty cool. So, uh, you know, I hope when I grow up, I'm William. I, be, I, I live like William Shatner. That's that's kind of my hope, right? I think we all do. I mean, I don't know what he's taking, what kind of Starfleet medicine he's taking, but he looks really, really good for 90 years old. Anyway, talking about things that can help you live longer, let's talk about vaccines, shall we? All right, the first story today is United Airlines is going to fire staff who refuse the vaccine. Nearly 600 United Airlines employees face being fired after failing to comply with the firm's COVID-19 vaccination policy. The vast majority of its 67,000 U.S. staff have supplied proof of vaccination, which was required earlier this week on Monday. And it goes out to say their U.S. employees had to upload proof of vaccination, you know, uh, pricks of the needle, both injections to to comply and that was required by monday there were 593 workers who refused a coronavirus vaccine and did not apply for the exemption which they could exempt on religious or medical grounds and they now face losing their jobs quote our rationale for requiring vaccine for all united's u.s-based employees was simple to keep our people safe and the truth is this everyone is safer when everyone is vaccinated and vaccine requirements work chief executive scott kirby and president bret hart said on tuesday this is an incredibly difficult decision but keeping our team safe has always been our first priority they say so this is 
obviously causing a little bit of controversy, a minor, you know, a minor controversy. We take 600 people out of 67,000. It's not a lot, but it's a, it's a sizable minority. And I think it's raising some further interesting questions as vaccine mandates roll out. But this is interesting here. 2,000 employees have requested an exemption to the policy. So those who are exempt are put on a temporary unpaid leave starting on October 2nd, but those plans were put on hold after a lawsuit was filed by six employees challenging this policy. Now, according to the BBC, this policy will not be introduced by the UK airlines, which is interesting. It says like many companies in the aviation sector, United was severely hit by pandemic-related travel restrictions, and it goes on to say that it needed to furlough 36,000 staff at the height of the pandemic. And right now, that's where we stand. So a few other airlines have introduced vaccine mandates for staff. Delta Airlines announced a $200 monthly health insurance surcharge for those who were not vaccinated. So the airlines seem to be moving in this direction where staff have to be vaccinated, which makes sense. I mean, your company can require you really, if it's a private organization, to do anything that's within reason. And I think getting vaccinated is highly reasonable, obviously. But um, it seems that the airlines are taking different approaches to vaccine mandates. And um, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Because at the same time, a couple of states, Texas and specifically, have just passed a ruling by the governor that bans companies from enforcing COVID-19 vaccinations. American Airlines and Southwest Airlines, which are both based in Texas, will still require all their employees to get the shots. Last month, President Joe Biden said that staff of large companies must get vaccinated or face weekly testing, but Texas Governor Greg Abbott said vaccination should remain voluntary. On Tuesday, Mr. Abbott, who is a strong opponent of making COVID-19 shots mandatory, issued an executive order banning all organizations, including private companies, from enforcing vaccinations in the state, but American and Southwest Airlines have said they will stick to the federal order made by the president. American Airlines told Bloomberg, we believe the federal vaccine mandate supersedes any conflicting state laws, and this does not change anything for American. Similarly, Southwest said it would be expected to comply with the president's order to remain compliant as a federal contractor. So this seems kind of odd to have the Texas government basically telling a private company what they can or can't do. Um, it seems like the airlines are going to go ahead with the vaccination mandates because realistically, airlines are going to need to have their staff vaccinated, right? Especially ones that go international, and especially American Airlines, United, Southwest has a couple of international routes. The countries that they're flying to are going to require everybody to be vaccinated. I mean, if you're not on board with the vaccination train, it's it's over for you. I mean, it's 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 the train has left the station. We're all going to need to be vaccinated. If you want to go anywhere, you're going to need to be vaccinated. It's just how things are going to work. And the airlines are really, really struggling. Last week, I talked about how much, you know, the hotel industry had lost $59 billion last year in the U.S. alone. That is a lot of money. So the airlines are going to have to get their employees all vaccinated because otherwise those employees are not going to be able to go you know, if they're flight attendants and pilots, they're not going to be able to go abroad. They're not going to be able to go to their destination because there's going to be a vaccine mandate. So they have to be vaccinated. And then the staff at the airport also have to be vaccinated because if the virus keeps continuing, the airlines are going to be in more trouble than they already are in. This is a business decision as much as it is a health decision. And it's one that makes a lot of sense, but it seems like there is 
Like many things these days, it is becoming a political battle. But why are all these vaccine mandates happening, right? You might have heard earlier this week that Southwest canceled 500 flights, some crazy mass cancellation of flights. They said it was weather, but maybe, maybe it was something else. All right, we are back and we're talking about the Southwest Airline flight cancellation conspiracy theory. Now, if Captain Kirk going to space on what is essentially a PP rocket was not on your 2021 bingo card, maybe Southwest flight cancellations becoming a conspiracy theory about vaccines was. I don't know what is going on with the the world we live in, but uh, it's getting weird out there. So let's get into this. This weekend, over 2,000 reported Southwest Airline flight cancellations brought many, many passengers to a halt. The airline had given the reason as weather. However, there is a better conspiracy theory floating out there, there that there is a working class rebellion against President Joe Biden's vaccination tyranny. Quote Gizmodo, not my words. So this is basically uh, a conspiracy theory, seems like, Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz is at the front of this, um, spreading a rumor that pilots staged a massive, quote, sick out to protest Biden's illegal vaccine mandate, unquote. Newsweek's deputy opinion editor, Badia Ungar Sargon, asked, were the canceled flights the result of a sick out on the part of pilots refusing to get vaccinated and continued, baselessly, according to Gizmodo, to conclude that this represents a, quote, powerful form of collective action by working class vaccine refusers. Well, let me tell you, at, at the base of that, sounds kind of interesting, right? Maybe maybe all these pilots, maybe all of these employees are actually calling out sick because they don't want to be vaccinated, and that's causing the cancellation of the flight. It wouldn't be the first time that a massive corporation has lied to us. I mean, it's pretty rare, but you know, it does happen, especially airlines. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Your your flight will be on time. Yeah, you'll you'll you arrive at your destination on time. Um, anyway, let's go on with this. So this seems plausible, right? Like, okay, the airlines are gonna say it's it's something like weather, and the you know the maybe there is a sick out. Well, actually, there's not. I hate to break it to you, uh, there's no rebellion because actually there's a more mundane reason for all of this. And this whole conspiracy theory comes from something that happened last week by the Southwest Airlines Pilot Association, a bargaining unit representing over 9,000 pilots. Last Friday, they filed a request asking that a Dallas federal court block the airline from enforcing vaccine mandates. However, their reason for blocking or wanting to block the vaccine mandates was that they were staking a labor rights stance, arguing that Southwest illegally neglected to bargain with the union over the policy change. The motion says that Southwest also doesn't offer minimum pay during mandatory quarantine time, and other airlines came to the bargaining table to negotiate COVID-19 policies with their unions. They say that the airline sprung a last-minute deal on pilots, which weakened the union by forcing it into a fire drill response. So it seems like they're not against the vaccine mandate. They're against the fact that the airline did not negotiate this with the union itself and imposed uh, the mandate, which further weakens uh, the the pilots' union. So they wanted a judge to block that so that the airline would have to negotiate with the union itself, therefore strengthening the 
bargaining position of the union and the uh, and the union overall. In fact, the union also put out a press release relating, quote, the SWAPA is aware of the operational difficulties affecting Southwest Airlines today, last Friday, due to a number of issues, but we can say with confidence that our pilots are not participating in any official or unofficial job actions. That was an email sent to Gizmodo, and Southwest, to their credit, have also said these were not a result of Southwest employee demonstrations. Bad weather and ATC issues in Florida, a large operation hub for us, on Friday night canceled a significant number of flights due to disruptions in our network, and so on and so on. What do you think about the conspiracy theories? I'm interested. Hit me up on Twitter at Fox Nomad. I'd really be interested to hear your thoughts on what's going on because it, it's interesting. Look, guys, if you're listening to this podcast, you like to travel you like travel, I'm going to guess. If you hate travel, I kind of don't know what you're doing here, but hey, welcome. Take, take everybody. But if you want to travel, look, we got to get everybody on the vaccination train. We got to get everybody, especially the airline staff, vaccinated. Otherwise, things are going to be in this half open, half closed thing. And I don't know if you've traveled internationally before, but I have, and I have traveled internationally in the last few months. And let me tell you, it sucked. It sucked having to have a, a swab up my nose like three times to go anywhere, to get on of all that stuff. It would have been so much nicer to just be able to say, hey, I'm vaccinated, and then I don't need to do any of that. And if everybody else is vaccinated, then that reinforces the the effectiveness of the vaccines. And then we might actually get to travel like normal human beings again. Do you remember how that was? Do you remember 2019? It was a good time. It was. So vaccines are good for travel. Travel is good for the airlines. Uh, that's good for business. So it's going to happen. And uh, I think these are just little hiccups on the road, but interesting ones. And uh, hey, if you've got a conspiracy bingo card, make sure you're checking it off because there's a lot of interesting ones coming our way. All right. So we're going to take a very quick break. I've got two stories for you after the break. One is just so bizarre. And the other one is so uplifting. <laughs> there you go, in a minute. All right, let's start. Do you want the good news or the bad news first? Let's start with the bad news. A bomb scare led to an emergency landing at LaGuardia Airport, and the passenger was just adjusting his camera. Oh my God, what, what are you guys doing here? This was a security incident that happened last week that forced a New York-bound flight to make an emergency landing at LaGuardia after an airline passenger took another traveler's camera for a bomb. American Airlines Flight 4817 from Indianapolis, operated by Republic Airways, made an emergency landing at LaGuardia just after 3 p.m., and authorities took a suspicious passenger into custody for several hours. Now, this is from the New York Daily News. Uh, they are really saying this is, oh, they just took him into custody for several hours. No big deal. Yeah, well, there's a video here on Twitter of this incident where the plane has landed and they have taken everybody off the tarmac and there are like two or three firefighters, no, two firefighters on top of this guy who is spread, at, you know, spread eagle out on the tarmac and they are searching him up and down. Was this necessary, honestly? I mean, the lady said he had a, it was a vintage camera. So like, I, I don't know what, it doesn't mention what kind of camera it was, but like, couldn't they just take the guy, give him a pat down, 
take the camera, see that it's a camera and not have to do this to him. I mean, this is ridiculous. This is, this is a lawsuit which is waiting to happen. It's pretty ridiculous, honestly. Uh, if you see the video, it's, I mean, can you imagine that? Let, let's say you've got a camera. Let's say, let's say I'm playing on my iPad and some genius over here goes, I think that's a bomb. They land the plane. Okay, it's good to be cautious, but you know, maybe the lady could have told the flight attendant I, I don't know. It just seems odd to me that, um, you know, the lady's like, I think I see a bomb. And, and wouldn't you then see what the lady's talking about? Go over to the passenger. I don't know what this, I mean, it seems like kind of, if, if you just go, I think that's a bomb and they land the plane and then they just take you off the plane and just like spread eagle you this because a lady can't tell what a camera looks like. I mean, it seems kind of ridiculous to me. Um, so this lady who was traveling with her husband and child was sitting across the aisle from her spouse when she spotted another man in her husband's row scrolling through videos and photos of vintage cameras. Like how old are cameras? Like vintage cameras are like 150 years old at most. The first ones were those things with the curtain that you would look through. And there was like all the mechanical ones. Like, you know, if you're alive, if you're like 30, 40 years old, you remember what those are like. And then there's digital. I mean, like how crazy could a camera look like like what kind of genius is this i mean you know like i'm sorry but i i how do you not recognize a camera i mean you know camera oh my god uh and also on top of this why did they need to detain the man for hours like what are they questioning him about like can't they just search his stuff his baggage search him ask him what he was looking at bring the lady in too because you know I would bring the lady in and be like, well, lady, what are you talking about? Like, why is this, like, what is the bomb that you saw? And she'd be like, well, I saw this, you know, it had this big kind of glass tube on the front and buttons on the back and it looked like something like a camera. So I don't get that. I really don't get that. I don't know why they had to hold the guy, you know, in custody for hours after this incident. And I don't know why the lady is not facing any charges because, you know, it seems a little bit ridiculous all around, um, but you know, this seems like this is gonna be a lawsuit. And uh, I, you know, the, I think the guy deserves to win. I mean, I think, you know, I think it's, I, th I think this whole holding him down on the tarmac thing is kind of ridiculous. Like you, you've, you know what I mean? Like, especially assuming that he, you know, he just had a camera and he was compliant. It seems kind of ridiculous. Um, so yeah, so see something, say something doesn't always work. This is from Bruce Schneier, who's a security expert, one of the longest, one of the most well-known security experts. Um, and uh, he talks about, uh, it's why see something, say something doesn't work. If you put amateurs in the front lines of security, don't be surprised when you get amateur security. But now let's get to a good story. I want to tell you something positive, something that you might not have expected, something that might brighten your day. And it happened in Pakistan. So I don't know if you've seen the video. It's probably the, well, it's, yeah, it came out this week. I was going to say it came out today, but it did not for you listening. Haha. <laughs> so I went to Pakistan. I spent the last month there. I spent a month there recently and have made a lot of videos about my time. But there's one thing that I wanted to do, which is a follow-up to a video I made last year after my trip to Pakistan last year, my first trip. And that was comparing India and Pakistan and what it's like to travel in both countries. And it's a comparison that 
I, you know, I wanted to make because as somebody from the outside, it's what I would want to know. And it's the first thing that came to my mind, India and Pakistan, these countries that used to be a, a single country um, before they were split. There are a ton of similarities between the two, a ton of similarities between the cultures and the foods and the, the weather and the geography and all kinds of stuff. So it was interesting to me because Pakistan is also very different in a lot of ways. I mean, India has a billion people. Like yeah, that just changes. That is almost a billion more people than Pakistan has. So uh, it changes the dynamics of a place when you've got that many people. And obviously the religions are different, but honestly, it's really the population that's different. So I wanted to compare both countries and see and tell you what it was like. And that video was controversial, obviously, talking about both countries. People agreed and disagreed with me on both sides. And I was like, you know, all right. So I made other videos addressing this, reading comments. And it always seems like when India and Pakistan, when the topic comes up, people get mad. And I was like, all right, there is a lot of animosity here. Clearly, the countries have fought multiple wars. Um, there's still the the Kashmir region, which is in dispute. And I was like, I want to make something. I want to find out what people really think. And I was in Pakistan. I was in Lahore. And I did this all over the country. But a lot of the people I interviewed were in Lahore, which is a country that's right on the border with India. Um, there's a lot of Indian influence there, I'm told. Um, but also, it's, I mean... Okay, they've been separated now for like 70 years, but you got to remember, like for hundreds of years, these, you know, before some British guy, a British lawyer who had not been to the region just drew a line down <laughs> and a map arbitrarily, which is another story which I should tell you about because it's kind of ridiculous as well. Before that happened, you know, these populations were mixed. There wasn't the differentiation that you have now between the countries. So, and I'm asking people, and the first person I asked was in Islamabad. It was a person that I had gotten to know, and I had been interviewing for another project. And I asked him, hey, look, I'm thinking of making this video where I want to ask people to say one nice thing about India. How do you think it will go over? And he was like, that's a great idea. I think it's a great idea. People are always curious about India, and people in India are curious about Pakistan. So it might be interesting. I said, well, would you like to say something nice about India. And he thought about it for a minute and I was like, oh boy, so maybe he doesn't want to say, you know, maybe this is going to be more difficult than I thought because he seemed open to it and he's hesitating. But then he told me, look, I want to think through my response. I'm shy on camera. Okay, got that. And he's like, you know, English isn't my first language. So let me kind of think about what I want to say. Uh, and I was like, fair enough. And wouldn't you know, I got a pretty nice response. Like I got a pretty nice response. Like, you know, I've worked with Indian people before when I lived abroad and, you know, I can say there's really not that much difference between us, honestly. And I was like, all right, that was one. And I asked a few other people along the way and I would get sort of mixed responses. And I think that's because of, honestly, because of the language barrier. I don't think people were hesitant because of the question. I think they were hesitant because of the language barrier. And I was traveling in markets where people didn't, necessarily have the best English skills. And so it was hard to convey what I was really asking and it was more difficult for them to convey the answer. So I had a great driver that I just came up came across in my trip to Lahore, um, who is just one of the nicest people I've ever met. If you ever go to Lahore, please contact me. I will give you his number. 
He's an amazing driver. I met him by chance. I was doing a video where I was going to a bunch of places. It was a food tour. Uh, that video should be out in the next couple of weeks. But um, we went to the place and it was closed. And then he told me, this isn't the real place. He's like, there, there's actually fake places on Google Maps, which is true, uh, of many of the famous popular like street stalls across Pakistani cities. And he was like, let me go to the, let me take you to the real place. He took me to the real place. And then he was like, well, I know this other place that's really good. He took me there. It was great. Um, it was just a great driver. I ended up using for using him for a couple of days. And he gave me the idea. He was like, you know, if you want people that are going to know English, that are going to be open to talk on camera, that are going to want to be on camera, and with this, like a huge crowd of people, let me take you to the university nearby. That's that's going to be the great mix for you. You're going to you're going to have students everywhere, people who are going to be talking to you, people are going to know English, a lot of professors, you're going to get mixed ages and all that. And I went there, and there are two entrances, entrances into the university. There's a male and female entrance. Uh, my driver said, look, you can talk to the women, just don't talk to the women who are completely covered. So like in a burqa, don't even bother approaching them. He was like, but pretty much everyone else you can talk to. So I was like, all right, I'll start out with the male side, you know, the male entrance university, Figured that's a, an easier start. Um, and so guys were just coming out of the, the university. So it was basically this high wall with this, like kind of this gated entrance. People were coming in and out. And I was just going up to them and saying, hey, guys. And I had my camera and all this stuff out. So it, it, it gives me a little bit more credibility. And I was like, hey, look, I'm doing this video. I've got this project. Can you say one nice thing about India? And to my surprise, people could say, very nice things about India. In fact, everybody in this entire project, and I might have talked to close to a hundred people, if not more, over my time in Pakistan, everybody has something good to say. I only got two negative reactions. And then two of them were, uh, one guy asked me, why do you want to ask that? Why don't you go back to your own country and ask that? And I was like, well, I know the answer. I want. I don't know the answer here. And I want to hear hear it from locals and I was like you don't have to answer the question like you don't have to there's no obligation and he thought about it for a second and he did come up with I think a nice response I think it was a sort of a veiled um a little jab at India in there but it was a nice response we just take the words you know at their con at their core uh and I was surprised because he he was a guy who initially came across as like Hey, why don't you go back to where you're from and ask that question? I was like, well, I I might I might do that, but but this is kind of this is what I, I'm here now, right? So like, why would I ask you about you know Norwegian politics? Anyway, uh, so that was the first guy. The second guy had one nice thing to say. He did give me one nice thing. He went on a very long political rant first, said one nice thing, continued on the political rant. It was like eight or nine minutes. Uh, it's it's, uh, I ended up using a few seconds of it in the video, but hey, everybody has one nice thing to say. But those two things aside, the vast majority of people were incredibly generous with saying nice things. In fact, it wasn't just like struggling to say nice things. A lot of them would say, I love India. Like I have friends in India. I know a lot of people online in India. There are people who go back and forth from India. There are people who from India who go back and forth as well. People were very open. There was one lady who said, well, you know, uh, people there are rude. Some are polite. So I was like, well, that's an honest answer. That's true pretty much everywhere in the world. Um, 
it was it was a very interesting trip. I got to meet a lot of students. I got to meet one uh, guy in particular. Um, shout out to him because he introduced me to a lot of people. Um, because when I went over earlier to talk to women, so I was standing outside the women's gate. I was out there for like 20 minutes, talked to a couple of women, but none of them wanted to be on camera. None of them. They all had nice things to say about India, um, but nobody wanted to be on camera. And then after a while, security came and was like, I see what you're doing. It's cool, but you got to leave. Like, we're not, you know, just men are not allowed to hang out at the women's entrance. I was like, all right. So I like walked up and down the street and I ran into one of the guys I'd interviewed before who was super helpful. And he was like, hey, look, I was like, I'm having this trouble. Like, I'd like to include women in this video because right now it's just a bunch of guys and I want to give more equal representation. He was like, you know what? I've got an exam. This was like around 10, 30, 11, maybe 11.30. He was like, you come back here at one o'clock. We'll go to the cafe. I'll introduce you to all my friends. You'll have plenty of people to talk to, guys, girls, everybody. And I was like, cool. And I was thinking like, this guy's not going to show up. Wouldn't you know it? He was there, introduced me to a bunch of friends. I was able to get a couple of women on camera. A lot of them still did not want to be on camera. And this was due to camera shyness. And and, and also just um, a lot of women had said, well, look, sometimes women go on camera and then people steal their images and they repost them or whatever. And so there was hesitation there. Uh, but some la- ladies did talk to me on camera and I was really appreciative of that. I think it gives a better view, you know, better, more diverse response. It was just interesting to hear from different walks of life. So that was kind of the the process of getting that video. I hung out in a cafe. People bought me chai. They bought me food. They insisted I eat with them. I met a large group of people. It was one of the best travel days I think I've ever had. It might be the best travel day I've ever had, honestly, just to meet so many people and people just telling me what they thought. What did they think about India? And there was so many... I was surprised that people were able to say one positive thing. And maybe that's just me not, you know, giving humanity credit or not. I mean, but it made me think like, all right, look, that's a start, right? You know, we're not going to solve the huge political problems here. But like, if we can just say one nice thing about the other side, whether it's, you know, the people across the border or your neighbors or the people, you know, at the the cafe that are annoying you, like there's always got to be, one nice thing you can say about somebody, right? There's got to be like a, a nugget where you can start from. And sometimes you have to boil it down that much, right? Sometimes there's not a lot to go on. And maybe that's that's a start for for a lot of these uh, political issues. And it seems naive to say that, but but I, I really do f- feel like uh, that that's the impression that I got. I got to meet a lot of people. I got to see how students hang out there. Uh, it's fascinating. It, it's really fascinating. It's much more modern than I was expecting. There was much more, like I got to see a side of student life that was really different. That I did not expect, looked a lot like Western student life, just indoors, just in, in cafes and stuff. Uh, a lot more like you just, you know, couldn't, could have been anywhere in the world really in the West. And I was surprised to see that in Pakistan. It was really great. Um, people were really helpful. A lot of people had to help me to make that video from my driver to the students, to everybody I met along the way in Islamabad, in Rawalpindi, everybody who talked to me, people who would go, okay, this guy, he's his English isn't great, but let me get a translator. Somebody will run around and find someone to translate for me. A lot of people were helpful. So it gave me also another thing to 
to sort of be optimistic about. So thank you to everybody there. I hope you watched the video um, because it is really an interesting look into what is a very long-standing sort of political problem, but we've kind of bypassed that and but we get to see a different side. So I hope you enjoy that video. I hope it leaves you with some bit of optimism as conspiracy theories and all kinds of things are running around these days. I hope it leaves you with some kind of optimism about the world and about the people that you share the world with. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you haven't already, please leave it five stars on Apple, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this. And you do know that I'm running a giveaway right now. So if you do leave that five-star review, you will get $100. You'll be entered to win $100. I'll announce that. Hit me up on Twitter. You'll see that on YouTube. A lot, a lot of giveaways going on right now through all the Fox Nomad stuff. So between now and the end of the year, I've got a ton of giveaways. So thank you very much for your reviews. Look forward to upcoming episodes with travel and tech and guests coming up. But until then, I hope you have a great rest of your day.